Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? We're going to talk about getting full body ultrasounds because I just had one after um, seeing some hot spots show up on my thermography report. So every January, I have a head, neck, and breast thermography scan as one of my proactive healthcare tools. Thermography is this infrared imaging and it can detect temperature changes and heat in your body which can indicate inflammation. So it would be able to detect a possible issue say in your breast um, before a mammogram could pick something up. So I get that every January and um, because the place that I go does a special deal where you can get your head and neck scan for free when you get your breast thermography. So I always go in January so I can get my head and neck thrown in there. Um, and they, uh, and they do all of that. So what happened is, um, which turned out to be good because my breast scan was fine, but it picked up some heat in my neck and lower jawline. So there was some concern for my carotid artery, my thyroid, um, maybe dental inflammation. I didn't really know what it was. So the next step after spotting something like that would be to get an ultrasound scan. Now, I've been wanting to do an ultrasound scan um, on my husband's carotid artery um, because, you know, he just turned 50, heart disease runs in his family. You know, we just did last week's podcast on how taking care of your man's health. And so this has been something on my list. Like I want to get your carotid artery checked because on his mom's yes. side of the family, the men, you know, drop dead in like their fifties. So it's kind of scary. Um, so it's something I wanted to do for him anyway. And then the results of my thermography came back. And so I'm like, I need to do this for me too. But honestly, I wasn't really sure how to go about it because as I've shared here before, we have horrible insurance. We don't go to doctors unless absolutely necessary. And usually you need a referral for something like this. So uh, I reached out to my naturopath who helped me all those years ago with my fertility issues and has actually, he's become pretty good buds with my husband because he hangs around my husband's beef table at the farmer's market. So we messaged Dr. Hines and he immediately got back to us and recommended this technician that comes to your home and does these full body scans. And I was like, what? <laughs> you can do it in my house? And and then I was thinking, I don't really need a full body scan. Because I mean, frankly, I was like, that sounds really expensive. But um, that's what we ended up doing. And we're going to talk about that today. I am so glad we did. It was fascinating. It gave us so much information that we wouldn't have known without it. And that's what I want to share with you today. And what made it an extra great experience is that my technician was just so knowledgeable about health and nutrition and added all these super interesting, helpful tidbits along the way. And so we were just like geeking out over it together. I loved it. It was so fun. And so I wanted to have him on the podcast today to talk through this with you. So welcome Todd Turner to the Christian Health Club podcast. Thank you very much, Chelsea. 
I'm excited to be here to talk about this. Oh, good. Well, let's, let's start by telling people, okay, what it is you do? What is your title? I asked your title and it's this long thing. So kind of explain what your title is and, and how you got into this work and what, what you do. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my, my title is I'm a registered, uh, vascular and diagnostic cardiographic sonographer, and I'm certified cardiology. Um, I got into this back in uh, a long time ago when I watched my grandfather die of a massive heart attack. Had everything uh, hooked up to him, IVs, monitors running. And I remember at that time I prayed and I said, God, if this is what I'm supposed to do, make it come easy to me. And one day I want to know what everything in here means. And now I do. I don't think it's a great thing, but I do know now what it all means. And uh, I I have not worked a day in my life. I love it. Everything I do, I do because I enjoy it. I teach at Brooklyn Hospital to physicians and to other technicians. One of my favorite things to do is uh, venous ablation. When somebody has varicose veins that are kind of, you know, out of the way and enlarged, we go in there and we fix those. Uh, Usually it's with a glue, a foam, or with uh, radiofrequency ablations. So I love what, I love my job. Well, it's very apparent. Um, and you, you could tell that I'd had some vein work done when you were looking at me. <laughs> Absolutely. You, First thing it shows up. <clears throat> you asked me, I was like, yes, I did. Gosh, after my pregnancy, it felt like my veins were going to pop out of my legs. They were so enlarged. Um, anyway. Okay. Well, good. Well, let's, let's start. Um, that's amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that that's kind of, you know, what led you to it, but yeah. I love that. And um, it is, you can tell you're very enthusiastic um, about your work and you, you know it well and you, um, make it so interesting. I just had so much fun like doing it, you know, being on the receiving end of it real yeah. quick, explain what ultrasound is in case somebody's not, it doesn't understand like how it works. Okay. What, what is the technology behind it and what does it do that's helpful for us? Okay. So ultrasound uses sound waves to traverse through the body. We use a a medium. That's why you have something called a gel. We have a wand that's connected to a uh, a pre and post processing computer, and it's able to send sound waves down. The sound waves uh, bounce back up. So one of the best things to kind of understand how it's working, if you're in the dark and you have a flashlight and you take that flashlight, you can see everything, right? This is the same thing. Your skin's there, and so your skin, you know, everything is hidden in the dark inside your body. So whenever I put this wand on there, I've got a little mini flashlight that I can look around and see all of your organs. I can see how large your organs are. I can see how well the organs are working. I use Doppler to see how sensitive the organs are. So we get a lot of information with that. So ultrasound is actually just a view of uh, the inside of your organs and vessels. We're not able to really see a lot with lungs. We're not able to see a lot with bones, but there are ways you can get around that and you can see some aspects of bone and some aspects of the lung. And it's very safe. We consider it uh, 99.9% safe. We can't say 100% safe because there's always going to be something that's going to be abnormal with it, but it's a relatively safe, inexpensive, no radiation um that's people like that part there's no radiation involved in there um and it's just sound waves um and these sound waves as they traverse through the body they kind of uh dissipate they go down we only go down so far and come back up 
it's a, it's a super easy, none of it's invasive and none of it uh, invasive would be entering your body. None of it's entering your body. It's all on the, uh, the surface of your body. Right. Well, you know, I didn't even know that you could have, um, have this done in your home. And so when, you know, we reached out to you and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna come to your house and do a full body. And I said, you know, we were texting back and forth and I said, you know, we don't need a full body. I just really want to get our carotid artery checked. And you said we really should do a full body. And so explain why. Sure. Um, now, what I do is I come to the homes only because I've worked with so many cancer patients to load up a cancer patient, to put them in the car, to go to an office, to go sit in that office for a few minutes, to get back on my table, to relax on the table and try to calm themselves down, take an image of them, get them back dressed or, or, or wiped off clean, put them back in their car, get them back to their house is an exhausting event. So my machine is a very portable. It's about the size of a, of a fat laptop. And so I've made it convenient to go into people's homes because if you go to homes, it's a lot easier to do. Now, whenever you had contacted me, you had asked about doing, oh, just my carotids and my thyroids. It's, I just need everything on my neck. So I, I mentioned to you that if you have something going on with your thyroid, like if your thyroid would be uh, like you have Hashimoto's, or you, that's an autoimmune. Other things you need to look at is the rest of the endocrine system, which would include your ovaries and which would include some of your adrenals, which then you also need to work and see what your spleen looks like. When you see what your spleen looks like, if that may be enlarged for any reason, you need to jump over and look at the, the, the liver to see if the liver is actually having to overwork for the spleen or the spleen's overworking for the liver. Those, that information we don't know. And then while you're right there, you have to look at, see all aspects of the rest of the body. So you want to look at the carotid. You want to see if the carotid has any plaque in it. You want to see if it has any buildup of uh, linings and the artery linings of the carotid. Well, if you have that, then you need to jump down and look at the pancreas, the abdominal aorta, and the circulation in the legs. So all of it plays a big part. We don't know it plays a big part. Uh, we just think, oh, I just want this one. And so I come in and I do a full body ultrasound. Now, there are two different ways that, uh, you know, people can say, oh, I want to get an ultrasound. <clears throat> you can go to the hospital and you can ask them to do all 15 of these tests and they're going to tell you no. You have to have a code and a reason to do these. And then you have to pay almost $13,000 for all of these. <clears throat> and so I just found it's most, most convenient to uh, do a nearly complete exam. So let's just say that I'm doing your thyroid. I'm going to look at your thyroid. I'm going to measure your left side. I measure your right side. But there's a little small band that goes across the top of your thyroid called the isthmus. I don't measure that. So therefore, I'm not getting, I can look at it, but I don't measure it. So a complete diagnostic would be including that isthmus and including the, you know, all the other measurements. If I leave that out, it's just considered a screening. Uh, so it's, it's truly... Uh, still a diagnostic exam. I just left out one little area that I looked at. Anybody can measure it, you know, if they want to look at it again. So it makes it convenient for the patient. If the patient don't, doesn't want to know anything's going on, it's just them. You get, you're going to get a report. You're going to get uh, everything given to you. It's, not, it's never given to your doctor. We've had to request for our doctors to say, oh, can I get those images? Can I get that report? No, it belongs to you. 
So that's one of the reasons we do it. There's a lot of people that do homeopathic because they're afraid of what's happening in the conventional world or the conventional world doesn't listen to them. And this is a, this is becoming a, a, a larger problem uh, as the years progress. You go in for the doctor and you say, oh, I'm not feeling good. I said, uh, you know, women a lot of times will say, I'm having problems with, you know, hair loss. Oh, well, let's check your thyroid. Or you say, I'm having problems with palpitations. Well, so hair loss, we look at your thyroid. Palpitation, the conventional guys want to go with the bigger money, which is checking your heart. But palpitations also come from the thyroid. So they'll run a quick TSH, which is a thyroid stimulating hormone, and they'll come up with a number. Well, that's just one third of a picture. You need your T3s, your T4s. You need to check, fully check your thyroid, see what's going on. A lot of times, say your thyroid, your TSH may be, Ah, uh, 1.6. And that's great. You're going to check it again in about six months. It's uh, 1.1. You check it again in six months. It's going to be 0.6. As you notice, the trend is it's going down. You're looking to be more symptomatic. So a lot of doctors will treat only the labs and not the symptoms. The Endocrinology Society says that you should treat the symptoms when you start noticing a trend of either the thyroid, a TSH, T3, T4 is going down or going up. It tells you what's going on with their body. Thyroid issues have become really more prevalent here lately. And a lot of the reasons why is because of everything we have going on in, in, in our, our world that has to do with a lot of it. Without naming things, we all know something in the world has, has changed the way that we live now. Uh, so we have a lot of thyroid issues, a lot of thyroid issues. So if you could figure out what was going on with checking your thyroids, and let's say uh, uh, my numbers are dropping, I'm having dry skin, I'm having hot and cold fingers, I have brittle nails, I have hair loss, I'm having some palpitations, I'm having stomach issues uh, with my digestive system, and I'm just exhausted. I have absolutely no energy. All that can come from the thyroid. And so it's, it's a, it, there's a big key to, to what we do and how we help people, but the big key needs to really actually resolve on, um, how well do we want to treat you? You know, if, if you're in the conventional world, I've got, uh, 10 minutes to check you out, 10 minutes. I have to hope that the nurse actually, uh, did her job and ask you all the questions. I don't have that time. A lot of times, more of the conventional doctors are managed by a CFFO. Uh, uh, um, oh, wow. I just went blank on the C, but it's finance, chief financial, financial officer. They're maintaining how much money we're going to get to come in. They're maintaining about how many patients you can see. And we're losing our sight when it comes to caring for the patient. So most people will go to homeopathic. Now, homeopathic people really can take a lot of time with uh, checking you. You can have bad homeopathic people. You can have a bad lawyer. You can have a bad cop. You can have a bad nurse. You can have bad people all around. But a lot of times I look at, you know, how does that homeopathic treat you? They listen to you a lot more. Why? You're usually paying them to listen to you. Your insurance is paying the other people to listen to you. And insurance will control what gets done and what doesn't get done. And we rush through. We want to see five people an hour or six people an hour because one may not show up. One may not show up. And if they do show up, we run behind. So it's a, it's a catch 22 with our medical society now. And I saw a lot of people going to homeopathic 
and we're reaching out and finding that we're getting better benefits from homeopathic than we do from conventional, mainly because someone's listening to you. I hope that was a helpful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that that was awesome. I know you spent like an hour and a half with me, maybe more. Um, you know, did not with me, and then my husband, um, like an hour. Um, and so you were here quite a long time and, you know, it was nice. We took our time. You explained, right. you showed me everything, gave me, I mean, it was, it was wonderful. And I was thinking, you know, we talked about, I was like, oh my gosh, how much would this cost in the hospital? You know, if you or a lab right. and that's what you said, it would be like 10 to $13,000. And so I know I'm going to get the question, like, well, how much did this cost? It cost for you to do this for me, uh, $450, which I thought was very reasonable. Um, You know, when I get my thermography done, it's $350 um, for that, you know, that scan. And I get the little extra thrown in free because I go in January. And so to me, to, you know, spend $450 and get all of this information, it was so worth it. And it is a blessing. And I've shared this on this podcast before that. I got over the whole insurance thing years ago because as, you know, being self-employed, both my husband and I, we have horrible insurance. Basically, we have like catastrophic insurance. And so I'm just used to paying for things out of pocket. And so that is that barrier is just gone. And I am, you know, want to be very proactive when it comes to my health. And so um, this was this was really great. Well, let's I don't know if you happen to have like my notes <clears throat> from when you did me. But if not, maybe you'll help. You'll kind of remember, hopefully. What well, we- <laughs> Let's let's go with what you found that was most important. I get to see everything, but what did you find on, on here? You know that would be more helpful because I remember we looked at your thyroid, and I remember we looked at your carotids. So I was able to tell what your artery age is. So based on an artery age, I can tell if your cholesterol and or your sugar is elevated. People seem to forget about um, you know that your body will tell you exactly what's going on. So. People will say, oh, my, my cholesterol is good, but that's now. Uh, my sugar is good. That's now. But we all have a bad diet that we came up with. Some people have a really good diet all the time, and we still have problems with cholesterol and with uh, and with sugar. So whenever I would see that, like your artery age was great. But those who don't have a good artery age, we encourage them, eat blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries. Uh, and you don't seem to realize that, but when when I go to uh, mission trips, like I was going to Kenya and to Brazil, these people don't have access to medications like we do. We did, they just can't get a prescription and run to the to pharmacy and get a prescription of metformin to help them out with their sugar or get them uh, uh, Norvastatin or uh, Simvastatin or Lipitor for their cholesterol. So what we have to do is we have to find out a way to be creative. So we wanted to find out what type of foods and what berries will work for. There was a, a, a company that was called Juice Plus, which used to offer berries. Uh, it was called vineyards, uh, fruits and vegetable capsules. They were really good. Well, I'm curious if that the vineyards would actually bring down your cholesterol and help out with uh, your sugars and all. Why not eat the real stuff? You have three levels of, uh, of uh, treatment. There is a pharmaceutical which is very hard, chemically made, man-made. You have supplements. A lot of people love supplements. Supplements usually have a lot of uh, uh, of all natural, but they're also man-made. And then you have the natural food that God made. And I believe the natural food that God made will help you out. 
there's a lot of times where you can say, oh, I don't know what I should be doing. I'm supposed to be taking this high doses of vitamin E. You find it in fish. People say, oh, I'm taking a lot of vitamin C. Well, people forget that even green beans have vitamin C in it. Uh, and you can also see what your diet is during the day. Food, we all have to eat. So I always work with stuff like that. And I always try to encourage people. A supplement, if you think there's supplemental income, that's just an additional income. There are supplements everywhere, but a supplement should have been used for a temporary basis to get you over that hump so you can start out. So supplements are good. I don't mind supplements, but sometimes you get stuck on taking supplements and you're taking supplements for the next five years. I mean, and you've not ever changed your eating habit because you're taking a supplement. You got to change your eating habit. You just got to add a little bit in there. It's not much that you have to add. Um, and so like with you and then, so we were checking out and I really noticed that you were telling me that uh, we looked up at a little bit higher up and you found that there was a spot underneath where uh, a tooth may have been oozing into your neck, which would be caused you to have a, a different area. And we looked down around your clavicle area. Remember those? We looked at your clavicle. That was the hot spot yes. on your, on your thyroid. I mean, on your uh, thermogram. That's what the thermogram mm-hmm. tells you. Something's abnormal back and forth. Something's heating up. And so these trouble spots we were able to find. Now, there, I've, I've seen lots of times where we've done thermographies and like they'll show that there is a cold spot on the breast. Well, sometimes your gallbladder is located right underneath your breast area and it can present itself as a cold spot if there's a stone. A stone doesn't create heat. So the, it's, a thermogram is awesome at being able to identify. But then you do have to follow up if you find something that's a little bit abnormal with it. I encourage everybody to do a thermogram every year. So like you had this situation, you said, oh, let me go and check. So you can find out. So while I'm talking with people and I'm, I'm scanning you, I'm just going over all kinds of issues. You know, if your thyroid's bad, well, go to the gut. We're looking at the colon. We can see EBV. Uh, EBV is Epstein-Barr virus. So Epstein-Barr virus usually is associated with some type of mononucleosis, some type of uh, HPV virus, some type of uh, herpes virus that you may have gotten. You never know when throughout your life. Cold sores is a part of a herpes virus. It affects your lining of your large intestines. It'll cause you to have irritation with your uh, colon back and forth. Uh, sometimes you'll end up with uh, what looks like an IBS sim- symptoms where constipated and then um, diarrhea. Beet soup. Beet soup is one of the most easiest things to make and it actually calms the lining of your colon and helps you re- relax your EBV. EB- EBV, we worry about people who have high stress levels. So there's so many foods that you can do. Now, we have, we have pharmaceutical medicines that would help calm down your uh, EBV. We have uh, homeopathic medicines that can help out. But why not if you have to eat, take care of that? Beets are really, really high in all kinds of nutrients and, and, and vitamins, high in magnesium, high in potassium. It helps you out all the way. Uh, sometimes with beet soup, we'll add cabbage in there. People take a lot of, uh, a lot of all-natural vitamins or a lot of all-natural supplements. And what they end up finding is that they're having a hard time with their kidneys and they don't even know they're having a hard time with their kidneys. Cabbage cleans out the kidneys. It helps the kidneys, especially with the absorption of the kidney. There's a, there's a lab test called a GFR. And what that lab test does is it will actually, you can get it on a, what a complete metabolic panel 
and that GFR will tell you how well are your kidneys absorbing. So the harder your kidney gets, it's like a rock. The kidney should be kind of like a, a sturdy mattress, a firm mattress. You get some push back and forth. And we can tell that by doing a Doppler on your kidneys that your kidneys are acting up. And I have actually made people go and eat cabbage and I recheck them and it works. If you want to do a lymphatic, you can do a lymphatic and it also will work and get the kidneys back down to relax. So there are so many different varieties to help you out, but I love using food as my go-to. Now, if you can't get the kidneys to go down, you can also do cabbage and you can do a lymphatic and you can drop those kidneys back to relax mode. But people aren't listening to their body. So your, your pee would smell a little different if you're, if you're going into some type of renal problems. If you're taking too many of the supplements, you can get, get that. You would have a foggy head sensation. You would have a, where you're, you're finding that you're breathing a little bit more uh, shallow than before. All of those come with, your, with the renal problems. Food. So everything I do, like with, with on you, as we go through I'd ask you questions. So I'd get to your spleen. I'd ask you a question. Did you ever have COVID? Do you have granuloma sitting in your, in your, in your spleen? And can that show some sign of infection? We can't tell if the infection is beginning or ending. We can just see you have little spots in there. You can clean out your, you can really clean out your spleen really easy. You liver the same way. So there's so many things that just by checking you, you can find out and all I do is ask questions. So like with you, it was fun because I could ask multiple questions and we interacted quite a bit. You can find that there are issues with how we're eating <laughs> and your body tells you what's going on and, uh, and, and you know what's going on. Most people say, oh yeah, I run through and I grab this, I grab that. I got it. That's what happens a lot of times. And so diet is so important, but Finding out where you're at and not just throwing a supplement because my neighbor told me, oh, milk, this was really good for your liver. Well, we don't know what your liver looks like. Why not get checked? It really makes a big difference. So that's oh my one of the gosh. things. <laughs> so much. I mean, I'm I don't laughing because. Rattle on and rattle on, but I get really no, kind of I want you to. This is exactly. <laughs> I mean, I just was like, I really could just, you know, not even say anything, but I just started laughing because you told me that I eat a lot of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so when you have kidney stones. That kidney is, that is accurate. <laughs> because you found, you found some little kidney stones, right? Is that when you told me I right. eat a lot of cheese? I can't remember. <laughs> Correct. Almost. Yes. Almost everybody has uh, what's called like um, flakes in their kidneys. It's calcium flakes. They build up. So you look for excessive cheese amount, especially if you've got tiny little stones. Now, the problem is, is that we can, if you actually spend a little bit of time identifying, you can see these little tiny stones. People will go and say, oh, I got an x-ray. They didn't find any kidney stones. They're all gone. No, an x-ray doesn't really see as much. It's called a KUB that we would check to see those stones, the ureters, and the bladder. Um, that's what we look for, but we only see big stones. They'll do a CT. A CT really only can see a stone that's greater than 0.5 millimeters. So these little stones in your body are like 2 millimeters, 3 millimeters. They're not going to really pick up. But what it lets me know is that your diet is high in um, cheese, high in tea, uh, high in some coffee, or you're holding your pee. What that does is just actually make your, 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 uh, your urine that's in your, in these pyramids of your kidneys, they just sit there and they become a little stagnant. They, they're not flowing as well as they should. And uh, whenever you eat uh, a lot of cheese, cheese has an effect with it. Another thing that causes a big effect that people forget about is beet juicing. Beet juicing causes kidney stones. 
You got to be careful with that. Oh, really? It's one of the direct things. So you don't juice the beets. Eat the beet soup, which is a little bit different. It kind of dissolves it out and you've got more flavor in there and you've got more uh, uh, nutrients and more water in there. So it's not as bad as just 100% beet juice. There's a lot of things to look for. Really a lot of things to look for, but each person's individual. Like I told you, you are somebody's wife, somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister. I mean, we have to treat everybody as an individual. Don't put everybody in the box and say, oh, take this pill. We, you need to see how your body reacts to it. You need to see, try the food first. We know food works, but don't just go jump to every supplement because your neighbor down the road told you what was good or some, you saw it on TV. It, that's not always the best. You're just, you're throwing something at your body that you don't know if it's going to work or not. You don't even know if you need it. So I need to lay off the cheese and the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding my pee. Or you can but add geez. water. Add water. You don't have I drink, to. So, I drink a lot of water. I do. I drink a lot of water. But then find foods that are high in water. Papaya, watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew. All of those are high in water and they can help you with absorption. Sometimes we just drink water, drink water, drink water, but your body just doesn't, doesn't absorb it in. But if you take in a food that has it, your body absorbs all that water quicker. Well, you tell the the we're just jumping around and that is fine but speaking of the papaya you made me think of this the you were sharing about a patient and you were you know you were not specific and i didn't don't know who it is or anything like that but just you know some dietary um advice you'd given him about um eating the papaya then eating the steak then eating the blueberries oh, yeah. oh, Will yes. you kind of just go into that oh absolutely so i have a friend of mine that's in chicago and um he was a little pudgy, uh, to say the least. I, and you could tell that his face was big and round. And um, he was a friend of mine that I met and I did a scan on him. And I found that he had uh, a polyp that was showing up on his colon. And he had what looked like looping. And he had his, his side of his uh, body on his left side had a protrusion around his, uh, his, his abdomen just above his hip. I encouraged him, please come and do something. So I... I forced him to go everywhere and I, I even helped pay for it because I, I, I knew how important this was. Long story short, he found that he had colorectal cancer, stage one, and uh, he wanted to get some alternative treatment. And I said, well, we've got to get you started on a, a diet and cleansing you out because you, your body has to be strong before you start taking anything, whether it's chemo or whether it's homeopathic. So I encouraged him. He said, I said, what do you like to eat? So I don't tell him what to eat, what not to eat. I find out what he's eating first and you modify it from there. Because if you tell everybody, oh, can't eat this, can't eat that, can't eat this, can't. people get frustrated because it's like, okay, I can't eat anything. So find out what he's eating and modify it. Papaya is one of the best fruits you can get. So if you do some, any type of uh, uh, probiotic enzyme, uh, not probiotic, I mean some digestive enzymes, it contains a lot of papaya. So I'd encourage him, you're going to eat a small amount of papaya. He goes, well, I really like to eat a steak. I, I like steak. We bought a cow in our, uh, from an organic farm and we've got all this meat. Okay, take and eat your papaya and you're going to use that as your prebiotic, uh, your pre-digestive, I mean. Take it as your pre-digestive. Eat the papaya. You don't have to wait any time. Just eat the papaya. Then you're going to eat your steak. After you eat your steak, since your steak is going to be higher in proteins, eat a little chunk or maybe two chunks of pineapple. That's a post-digestive. 
Both of those are going to help with that. You're getting the beef. That's what you want. You're just protecting yourself both ways. And then you eat blueberries and raspberries afterwards so it can catch all the triglycerides and all the, uh, the, all the cholesterol that comes back out. You're not going to really change. And a lot of people will want to argue, how do you know that works? How do you know that works? Well, I had a lab and I had a lab that we could do blood work with. And we could do your A1C. We could do your fasting blood sugars. We could check your uh, your cholesterol, HDL and LDLs and triglycerides. Well, like I said about the Juice Plus, I was really curious. And I was working at these other places, uh, you know, like in going to Brazil and all that. I got to help these people out. I had, five, I had 10 people. And I paid for 10 people to go eat at this uh, steakhouse that was in San Angelo called uh, Zintner's uh, Steakhouse. Uh, it was a really nice place to eat. So... All 10 of them got a steak. So before they got a steak, I did their blood work. I did all their blood work and I made them go eat a steak. Five people I made eat blueberries afterwards and raspberries. Five people did not. They came back. The five that did not eat berries had huge changes in their triglycerides and in their sugar and in their uh, cholesterol levels. Those that had blueberries and raspberries afterwards, they had either none are super minimal, less than 5% change. So I thought, okay, maybe that may not work. Let's repeat it. So the five that didn't have the berries got to get the berries this time. And these people are loving me because I'm giving them steak all the time. But we didn't do it every day. We did it once a week. And so we reversed it. Same scenario happened. So then I thought, okay, let me try with the Juice Plus because that was supposed to be the best thing to do. We did with the Juice Plus, and the Juice Plus, if you took the Juice Plus, it only increased it maybe, like, let's say your triglycerides were at 55 when you started off with. At blueberries, they stayed at 55s. Maybe they went to 56. With the Juice Plus, they would go up to 80. With not anything, they would jump up to 120. Big, big, big differences. So that's why I knew that I did it. To do the testing, I wanted to make sure the testing would tell me what was going on. So whenever I encouraged this man to eat this, I knew it would work. He started doing that. So now if you go, let's say you, he would eat, so with every meal he eats papaya, every meal he eats a small amount of papaya. He has no digestive problems whatsoever. He says, I rarely fart. And it's like, okay, great. So, uh, you know, you got to share things with me. And uh, so if he gets, like if he eats grilled chicken or he eats some turkey, what he does with that is he doesn't need the pineapple. The pineapple is for heavy proteins. So he'll eat the papaya, his grilled chicken, and um, asparagus or green beans, and maybe uh, a small amount of rice that we already pre that we swole. So you cook the rice, and then he'll put it in uh, bone broth, and he'll swell it a little bit so it doesn't have to swell in the gut. And he gets a small portion. He'll eat that. Then he'll eat his uh, blueberries afterwards. He doesn't need the, pop, 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 uh, the pineapple afterwards because he didn't have a high-protein meal, if that makes sense. Yeah, it make, that so does make sense. This man went from weighing 192 pounds to weigh 173 pounds. He looks phenomenal. He really does. And, uh, I mean, I always show these pictures because he's like, quit showing my photo. But now he's showing photos because he's proud of how he's, he's become – now he goes, he gets the cancer treatment. He's able to handle, and he's not falling down from taking too strong of a dose of chemo treatment, too strong of a dose of homeopathic treatment. He's able to withstand. Oh, he has a couple of incidences where he has a headache. And uh, he goes, I took this medication, so it made me have a really bad headache for the day. 
Okay. Last thing I want you to do before you go to bed, I want you to eat real turkey breast, not turkey from the deli, real turkey breast, avocados, and then get you about five black cherries. Go to bed. Headache's gone the next morning. No headache whatsoever. And so I tell them before, if you know you're going to take this medicine, I want you at lunch to have a turkey sandwich with avocado. And he's like, okay, he doesn't have a headache anymore. And it's just the properties, the magnesium that's in the uh, avocados help you out. The tryptophan and the uh, melatonin in the turkey also helps them out with relaxing and making you not have a headache. So a lot of people will worry, oh, I I, I can't do tryptophan in the turkey. Um, What would you want? The tryptophan in the turkey with the papaya to help you digest it quickly and it goes out of your body? Or do you want to have the massive headache? So sometimes you have to just do something that you think that may not be right with you and, and, and do it. He was worried about, oh, I've heard that berries increase your, uh, your sugar. Well, what happens is berries have fructose in it. So these berries go through your body and your body is like at a deli. It grabs what it needs and it takes the rest and says, I don't need this. Shove it through your colon. You use artificial sugar. Your body grabs what it needs. It doesn't know what to do with that that uh, excessive sugar that's artificial. So it stores it. Big difference between the two. So, and uh, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Raspberries is the strongest of them. And um, don't know why. Uh, I, I haven't figured that one out yet, but raspberries are the strongest. Blueberries have antioxidants. Uh, blueberries actually are considered some kind of a nightshade, but they have what's called, a, I think it's solanine in it. And so we, it's really truly not a, uh, a nightshade in that sense, but it gets labeled. Uh, if you read really deeply, it gets labeled, but it's really not. It has, uh, has some oxidates in it, but it has higher antioxidants in it than, than, uh, what, and then what to protect us. So we need that. Raspberries, really high, really good for you. So, and when you take the raspberries and the blueberries, you, you help out your, your, your cholesterol, you help out your sugar, and you help out your heart, and you help out your liver. So, I mean, you're really doing a really good job just by eating fruits, the berries, rather. It really helps out the papaya, helps your enzyme, helps your, your pancreas work. So, I mean, it's really easy. And the, the outcome from him is phenomenal. He never let me put his picture on the, on the web or anything like that. But I could show you. I mean, it, it, he really did a great job. And I do that with a lot of people. And you can see that you can really change your whole out. He's never really hungry. He eats, but he's not hungry and he hasn't gained any weight since. He still looks exactly the same. That's so awesome. Yeah, you were giving me tidbits along the way. And I thought that was that was um, so good. I mean, really, you know, we do recommend a lot of digestive enzymes to people or I have. and But you, you can't. Certainly can do it with real food the you way God it with made it. With, yeah. Yeah, God gave this food for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, and anyway, that's it was just such a pleasure to to talk with you the whole way through. Um, let's talk about some more things that I had going on okay. <laughs> with me. So let's go back up to the <clears throat> something you said earlier about treating the symptoms because I'd shared with you that on a blood test a few years ago, it came back that. Um, I had some thyroid antibodies, which would indicate Correct. Hashimoto's, Correct. but I mean, I don't, I don't exp- I don't feel bad. You know, I mean, I do have a little bit of dry skin. Um, if I'm going to tend toward anything, I am going to tend towards constipation, but I, I, you know, keep that under control with what I'm eating and such. And so I'm not going to jump into like, take something, you know, to, right. and my thyroid really was okay, but it was interesting because you looked at my thyroid and you said it was kind of 
on the verge. I can't. Correct. I don't know. Correct. Could you so, explain what you meant by that? Oh, absolutely. So when you look at the thyroid, you want to look at the texture of the thyroid. You want to look, see what the texture looks like, how large is the thyroid, um, and you want to see if you have any nodules or any cysts in it, and then you want to put vascular flow in it. So as the thyroid starts to change to a Hashimoto's, it's going to get a darker appearance. It's going to have like these divots, and it's going to have what we call heterogeneous texture or not smooth texture, and then you're going to put color flow in there, and the color flow is going to really enhance. We're not able to tell you it's Hashimoto's. But we're able to tell you that it quacks, it swims, it waddles. You have to figure it out, you know, type thing. So we can see, tell you everything that would go with it. But Hashimoto's would be part of a testing to do. So if you did your testing, your TPO was just uh, mildly elevated. You might have had T4s that are converting to T3s that are helping you out. You 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 may have had a higher doses of iodine in your in your body. So therefore, it balanced itself out. Your hormones may be, so your thyroid, your pituitary gland is your master gland. Your thyroid is your regulator. It goes through all of your lymphatic system, especially up in your neck. And it runs throughout all of your body, helping out with your adrenals and going down to either a man's prostate where we have our male hormones or with the female's uh, ovaries. So all of it's part of a system. So something could be acting up. That's why we always pay attention. You know, what is acting up in your body? So if you see the thyroid that starts to change its color, you start to ask, need to ask, do you know if you're low on iodine? Do you know what your lab works are? So a lot of people say, oh, I take thyroid health for me. Well, what's your labs look like? So if your labs are just barely over or just barely under, you need to pay attention to that. And maybe then you can add some iodine, uh, a little bit higher uh, salt content in, in, your, in your diet. Um, and then you also need to make sure that you're not having any female issues uh, or male issues with the prostate. Those all matter. And sometimes people are just running off adrenaline. We don't eat and we just pump in coffee, 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 but that's a stimuli. So you have to look at the whole picture, not just a short picture. So whenever I looked at yours, that's why if I, when I saw that it had, a, it looks like it's on the verge. It's, it's starting to change and the properties are, co- that the, the color's changing, the texture's changing, the vascular flow's increasing. I need to go and look. I need to go look at uh, your kidneys, which your adrenals are right beside it. I need to look at your ovaries. But if you would have only asked, you know, you'd have been forceful and said, I only want my neck done, I'd have missed a big picture. Yeah. And what was also interesting is that my husband's thyroid was enlarged. And I think that we kind of had talked about maybe a correlation because he'd had a, a root canal. Am I remembering this correctly? And so possibly that inflammation from that root canal could kind of be affecting the thyroid. Correct. We can see like, let's say that uh, you come in and we check your thyroid. Your thyroid looks good, but your right side's really large. Your left side is normal size. So we need to look at some type of dental issue like root canals or uh, any type of surgery like uh, uh, um, uh, wisdom teeth removal or uh, anything that would have, or or dental implants, anything that would have caused a a periodontal disease that can traverse right down to your thyroid and irritate that thyroid make it get larger. Uh, there's a biodentical uh, dentist, I guess you call him, or homeopathic dentist in Marble Falls, uh, Dr. Stanley. Wonderful. And, you know, we correlate uh, quite a bit. So people may question, oh, it's just a homeopathic dentist telling you homeopathic stuff. 
Okay. Well, the American Heart Association said uh, back in 1993, I believe, that there's a direct correlation between periodontal disease and heart disease. And there's a, uh, the uh, Endocrine Society said there's a direct correlation between periodontal disease, teeth you know, problems, and thyroid issues. So it's not something that we just uh, assume and that we just pull this out of a hat and say, oh, guess what? Take this. We, the, you know, if you want to go the scientific method or the conventional method, there's a proven method. Uh, homeopathic just backs that up. So there's so, there's so much that, you know, if you just continue to, to read and you can see what's going on, it makes a huge difference. But teeth have a big problem. The, the mouth is really very dirty. And so it actually can traverse in, uh, infections in your teeth, can go down to your thyroid, can go down to your heart. And we worry about those. Yeah. And that, um, that was like interesting for, cause really it was kind of both of us. So my, what mine ended up being, so I had that kind of inflammation on my neck. So you looked at, uh, my carotid artery that looked fine. And that was a a relief and as was it for my husband. That was such Mm -hmm. a, that was, gave me so much peace to know that uh, for him. And so that was great. My thyroid was, eh, you know, a little, little vergy, you know, there with that texture and his was enlarged. But, um, but I had, I have a, a cracked tooth. I need to take care of it. But, um, and so we in, you know, you could see right, right where it is that that was, you know, there was that pocket there. And so that, it was kind of draining into my neck. And so anyway, that was, that was the cause of, um, that information, right? Yeah. The Uh thermogram showing hot. Yes. Yeah. So we figured that out. Um, and which, you know, is good. So I need to follow up on that. One thing you found that, um, a couple things, let's talk about my liver and my heart. So you looked at my heart and found I had a, a second leaky valve. You said it was kind of somewhat normal to have a little bit of a uh, leak one leaky. I don't know. You explain, but, but, I, but yeah. there, I had a second leaky valve. I was like, what is, what is happening? Exactly. So you have four valves in your heart, two on the left and two on the right. The ones on the right always have a leak throughout your, your life. They, they, it's just normal. The right tells you how much pressure is going into your lungs. So we get those. So if you're uh, a little bit, uh, uh, um, let's see, a bron- uh, nasally, or you haven't, some type of hay fever or you have bronchitis or a little bit of asthma attack, those numbers can go up on the right side, the, the lung pressures. Uh, the left side, the two valves there, one usually never leaks. It's uh, the aortic valve. The mitral valve leaks and it's called, uh, usually with the degenerative aging process or getting older. Uh, it also can, it's, it's more pliable to leaking, uh, when you've got infections, you know, after infections and you don't treat it. We, we always encourage you and tell you, Please don't try to uh, fight out your fever. Get something knocked down the fever. That's really, really important because bacteria loves a hot uh, fever and it'll run all over the place. Your heart's the first place where uh, your bacteria goes to. It loves it. It pumps right out of the heart. The heart's greedy. It gets its blood first. So you have to be very careful with not, you know, trying to, uh, uh, I guess you uh, wait out your fever or uh, sleep out your fever or sweat out your fever. Take some medicine. That's whenever we encourage you. Yeah, you may have to go with a, a pharmaceutical medicine like an aspirin or a Tylenol to break that fever. We need that. So your second valve that was leaking, you knew about one, but you didn't know about the other one. And so the other one is like whenever we do a lot of scans, I've been scanning for a long time. You can find people that uh, maybe just got out of school scanning. 
or maybe they didn't tweak the machine right. So they can miss these. So it's all about, you know, making sure that you have a, a good technician, making sure you have a, a doctor that knows how to read it properly, and to make sure that you pay attention to, you know, any signs hearing. You can listen to uh, a sound. You may not be able to see it, but you can listen to it. You know, people, the doctor should always put his stethoscope on your heart and listen to it. And also listen to your lungs. We really are, we're lacking in doing that. We really are. So that's why if you, you don't go to a doctor all the time, you won't notice this is happening. But we're not so worried about that you had a second valve that's leaking. That's kind of a normal phenomenon. We just want to see how big is that leak? Is that leak mild, mild to moderate, moderate, moderate to severe or severe? And that's what we guide that on. And if it becomes, if you're a younger person and you find out you have mild to moderate, you need to think about how many times have you been sick and not taking care of yourself? How many times have you been sick and tried to sweat out your fever? And you never know if you could have scarred up that valve and made that valve leak a little bit more. So that was what was going on there. On your liver, when people forget that if you take a lot of supplements, your liver can show signs of having a lot of supplement uh, used to there. The liver gets a lot of uh, speckles in it. Uh, it looks like a fatty texture, uh, a liver appearance, but we check the size of it. We check the shape of it and we check to see if there's any portal vein hypertension which is very important uh, for the liver. We also look at the common bowel duct to see what the connection is between the gallbladder and the liver. So if you've got any blockage in there, you're going to expect your bilirubin, which is the lab test, to be up. Then you look and see what the liver looks like, what its texture, what does the appearance look like? Got a lot of specks in it. The first thing you're going to do is just say, are you a drinker? Uh, next thing you're going to ask is you're going to say, uh, do you take a heavy, uh, do you have a lot of supplemental uh, vitamin use? And that will show up on the liver as being speckled. Uh, one of the best things for the liver is coffee. <laughs> and you, you can look it up if you want to. It's coffee, garlic, and blueberries. And blueberries, well, I already told you to start eating, which is good. We don't really complain about people drinking coffee. We just say if you're going to drink coffee, if you can handle the, uh, the, the, the uh, stimuli, or some people say, oh, I get palpitations with it. Well, that may be too strong for you. Uh, go to half and half, half caffeine, half not. But coffee isn't that isn't that bad. It's that's a personal choice. But coffee does help out the liver. And like with your case, I would encourage you to drink more water or drink fruits or vegetables that have excessive water in it. And so you can recounter that. So we never want to tell you stop what you're doing. But once you start drinking and eating uh, a, a better having a better diet. You're going to drink less coffee, unfortunately. <laughs> what did you call that thing in my liver? It started with an H. He, um, um, well, did you want me to tell you that? I, I, I didn't want to share that part, but okay, but I will. It's called a hemangioma. <laughs> I didn't know if you, yes. but you, I, I, you This is your podcast. So I think it's okay. I just didn't want to share so many, but you have a hemangioma. You have an abnormal growth that's inside that liver. So yeah, and you you said, and I asked you what caused it, and you're like, oh, it could be a ton of things. Oh, there are a numerous amount of things that can cause an hemangioma. So hemangioma is kind of like having a mole on your on your skin; it, it just pops up. But you keep monitoring the hemangioma, so you need to make sure that it doesn't continue to grow. Now we've got a size you didn't know about it, but now we have it, and now we have the size. So in about three months to six months. I'll come back and I'll take a look at yours. And there's no, and you know, we were talking about how much it costs and what happens. 
it's not about money. It's about making sure you're okay. So I'll come back for free and I'm going to check you. And it's on a podcast. So you can always just use this against me. <laughs> so I'll come back and I'll check you for free. And I want to see if that hemangioma has grown. If it's grown, we're worried about it. Rarely, very rarely will it be cancerous, but we still have to watch it because it's that abnormal growth inside your liver. And we don't want it to be able to steal your liver function. So we want to make sure that your liver continues to function properly. We continue to feed your liver the right way and that we continue to monitor this growth. So if this growth gets too large, then we have to worry about trying to remove it because it's getting too large and it may be affecting your liver. So as of now, it's small and it's, you know, we're just, it's not a big deal. I mean, we're just keep, we'll keep our eye on it. You know, I was telling my parents about this and my mom said she has one, she's had one too. And so is there any kind of, um, is there any kind of hereditary aspect? Well, there's not, there's, there's usually not enough of, uh, research done to see if it's hereditary because, you know, uh, uh, Angiomas just will pop up and you you may miss several people in their family, but sometimes it can be an environmental thing. A lot of times it's environmental, how we grew up, what we ate, what we got in contact with, the damages. Uh, Right now, there's a a big push to do research on hepatitis B, hepatitis B and hemangiomas, but they really haven't found a good correlation with that yet. But I'm always just interested in it. I keep reading. I always find out because... Even though I've been doing this for a while, I still can learn. So like what I'll do with you next time when I come in and I check you, I will not look at your images. I will not look at uh, any of your reports. I will come and freshly look at your uh, liver again and remeasure it. I do not want to be skewed by a previous measurement. I want to just see because I can miss. Everybody can miss something. But I want to make sure that I can get a fresh pair of eyes, look at it again and see what's going on and see if it's changed. I think that's the best yeah. way to look at it, you know, because if I say, if I find out it's 4.1 by 2.8, well, I'm going to come back and I'm look at it. I'm going to somehow, I think subconsciously, or maybe we're going to try to get around that number. I don't want to do that. I mean, there are rare instances where the hemangioma will decrease in size, but uh, I want to just freshly look at it again. That's always the best way to do it. So they can just remain the same size and not in. Correct. And that's considered. Right. And then after, if if I come back in like say three to six months and I check it, then I'm going to come back again in three to six months again for free and check it. And you want to do, you want to find out you need three times to see if it's stable. So if if I do it the first time, it's one number, second time, same number, third time it's another same number and it hadn't changed. We consider it stable. And you can check it every year to every two years. So you okay. just want to keep an eye on it. And remember, you have something there that needs to be continually looked at. As your cholesterol rises, as your liver function decreases or increases or, or becomes abnormal, we got to check it. Yeah. I mean, and that's something I never would have known if we hadn't, you know, if we would have, have just stuck to my neck. <laughs> so, I know, so, I know. So and there's so much more information. There's a whole, uh, there's a whole barrage of information that you can get by doing a full body ultrasound. There really is. Doppler on the kidneys to see if the kidneys are hardened up and they are going into renal failure. Portal vein hypertension that you'll find in the liver to see if the liver is starting to fail. Uh, you, we do the Doppler on the heart so we can see if there's any vascular flow. We look at your brain to see if you have any um, uh, uh, 
we check your circulation in your brain. Circulation is a circle of Willis. We want to see if you have increased vascular flow. We want to see if you have any stenotic or narrowed regions. We want to see if you have any aneurysms up there. We also want to check to see if your body auto-regulates. Auto-regulating is, I guess you're taking a big old bit breath and hold it as much as you can. We're trying to do a valve salva. We're watching your heart reduce and we're watching the volume of that uh, Doppler to de decrease. That means that your brain is, if, you, if, if you're ever in a uh, vat of cold water, you drown for 45 minutes in cold water, your brain will hold everything it can. It just holds its oxygen and doesn't let it go. The other thing, you and, and we're not really so worried about it, can you, can you drown for 45 minutes? We're worried about if you have a stroke. If you have a stroke, will the left side help the right side out? Will the right side help the left side? You know, you want to make sure that's going to happen. Auto-regulate lets you know that, that there's a possibility that would happen. Therefore, if you have a stroke, you won't be paralyzed for you know the rest of your life without able to move your left arm. You'll have a slight paralysis, but it should recover. And that's what that means, that left side helps right side. 60% of all people can auto-regulate. 40% can't. That's why you'll find that one person will have it and they can't move and their sister can have a stroke and their body can move. Yes, we found out that I do not auto-regulate. So oh, I didn't want you to body, say that, but yes. <laughs> my body's not allowed to have a stroke. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, but you know, there's there's things that I, I, I don't know if you, you should tell everybody, but yes, you're right. So you're, you're higher risk. So you need to learn all of the symptoms of a stroke all of the symptoms of the stroke and you need to be prepared with it. You've got a great diet. Your artery linings in your neck are wonderful. That reduce, reduces your, your chances. You have no plaque buildup. You have no fatty streaking in your carotid arteries. That actually reduces it all down. Your heart valve, your aortic valve is nice and clean. That reduces your chances. I mean, so everything you've reduced your chances. So, you know, the chances of having a, a stroke and, you know, being debilitated are extremely rare. We're looking at less than 5%. So that's a, that's a wonderful thing to have. And so even though you don't auto regulate, then we know we got to take better care of our body. And that's all it's about taking exactly. better care of your body. Yeah. Yeah. And you looked, um, my intestines look good. Um, yes. is, I, I'm an open book, Todd. So I mean, everyone here, okay, okay. I, mean, I, well, I like, talk about poop all the time. So like, you could even see like, Oh, you made your, your poops are the right shape. Yeah. So, but check your body, check your poop when it comes out. Your poops, you look like sausages and a little long should have, you check the color of it. If they're hard, like logs and looks like some, uh, like peanut log, that's not good. That's not a good sign. You're dehydrated. Uh, your your poop tells you everything. Your pee tells you everything. Your color of your eyes tell you everything. The texture of your skin tells you everything. Your whole body talks to you. We just have to learn how to listen to it. Amen to that. Well, this has been. I mean, I could really, I could talk to you for like a two more hours, but <laughs> <laughs> I won't keep you all day. This is so. I just knew. Well, I'm holding my pee, so I can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. I don't want to make you do that. Make you mess up your kidney. Um, right. But before you go, I do have to ask you the two questions I ask all my guests before they leave, the anchor okay. questions. And so the first one is, what is your anchor meal? Like your go-to healthy meal that you eat quite a bit? Uh, my go-to anchor meal is fish. fish. I, my favorite okay. fish is a cod. And I get a cod, I get a, a cod steak or a cod strip. And I will, I will take and I will put um, 
uh, relish. I take a, get a relish jar and it has relish in it, sweet relish. And I take a spoon up against it and I just want the juice on that, on top of that, uh, fish as I cook it. It takes away some of the fishy taste to it. Now I do sometimes add a little bit of a, uh, 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 it's called avocado mayo. A little bit just to rub it on there. Flip it one side, back to the other side. I cut up mangoes and I cut up papaya. I put it on top of it and I eat it with rice. That's my favorite meal. Oh, and black eyed peas. I love black eyed peas. Mm, that fish sounds so good. And cod's, you know, cod's a nice accessible fish to be able to get yes. most of the times. And it's, and it's well a deep, caught. And deep so. fish, high in vitamin A's and E's. So that's good for you. Yeah. How about your anchor verse, which is either a favorite Bible verse or one that's just kind of speaking to you presently? Well, I, I mentioned that to some people that I'm staying with right now. And I said, you know, I really feel kind of embarrassed to say this, but there, there's probably a purpose for it. My favorite verse of all is, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I believe that so many times we stay angry all the time. We stay uncomfortable all the time. We need to learn to be happy. Let him take it over. It's like having some great big old uh, husband or some great big old wife that'll take up for you. You know, it. You you let somebody else do the load for you. Relax, relax. Whenever we're tense and ever we're uncomfortable, or we try to get back at somebody, you mess up your whole body inside and out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. We need to all learn to just be gentle with each other and with ourselves. So that's my verse. Oh, that's, I, it may not, it may not fit good. with a lot of things, but I, I love it. Well, I love it. That's not one somebody has mentioned before, but the way that you, you know, apply it for your life, I think that's beautiful. It's And that's so yeah. true. When we hold anger, it is, um, it's so bad for our body in so many ways. And Oh, yes. Um, so, And if you want to look at the emotional organ, the, the gallbladder is the anger emotion. Oh, we don't I thought it that. was the liver. I thought it was oh. the liver. No, it's it's the it's well. What I read was the gallbladder uh, is, but the gallbladder is right on top of the liver. Right, it works I with mean, the they, liver. They really go together. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to do that because what if so it's your liver that got angry? What if you that got angry? We don't want that. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm your gallbladder was clean. There's less anger there. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. I'm not a. I don't get very angry. Um, yeah. Very often, well, we, I don't we think. need Pretty to all chill. we need to all relax and realize that you know there's a God put stuff out there for us. He put verses out there so for us to understand. He put people on our path for a specific reason. Sometimes there's a, there's a reason for somebody to be in your path. You may not know it right now. You may not know uh, it for about fifteen years. I mean, God can be slow at these processes, but somebody in your path that it's not by chance. There's a purpose for that. You and my path is a purpose for that because I want everybody to know what you do because I, I so believe in food as your number one source to help you and not supplements, not prescriptions, food. And you're the, all about that. I mean, supplements, yes, if you need to, but food, food first, supplements second, prescriptions mm -hmm. way down the list unless we need it. Yeah. Real food, the way God made it. That's what Absolutely. we're looking for. Absolutely. It's the best healing the best healing foods. Well, Todd, before we go, um, if somebody is like, okay, I want to do one of these, I mean, how would somebody go about 
looking for a person that might do like what you do, you know, I, I that's, I know I'm going to get that question. They can't all, you know, like I, I was able to right. reach out to Dr. Hines and find you, but do you know, is there any way to do that? Or it's just, I got there's super a few, lucky. There's a few people that are out there that can do these, but when you need, you need to look at their uh, criteria, you need to feel it that, you know, that's the right thing for you. There's a lot of people out there all about the money and they do a, a, a half scan. They're not really good. Like with you, I had 145 pictures. Uh, life screening comes in all the time. You can do a whole bunch. They actually have about 22 pictures. So you can see the difference in the level. 145 pictures, I'm checking everything on you. Those ones that just do a quick scan, they're just a quick scan about the money. And uh, so there are people out there and there's not a lot of people that do full body ultrasounds. There's some people that do full body CTs, but that's radiation. We don't want that. But, uh, and, and like I said before, CTs can miss some small little kidney stones. CTs can miss some of the small, if you don't have a high resolution CT, you're going to miss some small little areas of your body. So for ultrasound to get somebody who really knows what they're doing, they need to have at least been into it about 15 to 20 years, which I have. Uh, uh, 20 plus years and they need to actually um, know what they're talking about. So a lot of people will say, what's wrong with my liver? Or, well, how can I do to help it out? Oh, well, I guess you better take a, a, a statin drug. Well, that doesn't help. That means you really don't care. Um, so there's a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of good people out there, but if you trust in God, God has sent you the right person. He really yeah, will. I, so, there's, uh, so when yeah. you get ready to look, just, I mean, they can actually ask you and you can give them my number and that's fine. But I really would encourage them to, to investigate, do more. I have no website anymore. I don't have a, a Facebook. I don't have an Instagram. I have none of that. I don't need that. I do not advertise. I don't need to advertise. You know, I might, for mine is word of mouth. And I think that plays the biggest part. Someone like you can say, I really found it interesting. I found it good. You know, it's really good. It helped me with A, B, C, and D. It found things that nobody else had ever found. And I have that a lot of times. I find that a lot of places I go, people don't know. And like I said, I've had several patients that have been really bad with kidney failure and didn't even know it. And their numbers, their, 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 their resistive numbers on their kidneys were up to like 0.85, which is really bad. Uh, uh, anything over 0.9 is considered complete failure. So that was pretty tight. And I'd get them, go eat, please go home and go eat uh, cabbage soup. Eat cabbage soup, please, and come back. And so who does that? So that's the kind of people you need to find when you're looking. Somebody who really wants to stick with you through it and, 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 and hold your hand the whole time. I hope I can yeah. do, I hope I can do that. That's what I tried to do with you guys. Oh, you did. It was, it was such a wonderful experience and, and I, everybody can tell why I wanted you to have you on today. And I'll probably be getting a lot of inquiries uh, from local people about you, which I, I'll okay. be happy to pass on your information. Okay. And for, for people that don't, you know, that are all over the country or wherever they may be listening, I mean, do what I did. I, I maybe reach out to your naturopath. Yeah. Um, that would be a good place to start. That's what I did. And, um, but I traveled, I traveled oh, everywhere. Yeah. I go to uh, Chicago, to Florida, to New York, to New Mexico, to California, to Wyoming. Wow. I mean, it's, okay. it's for me, if you really have a situation like with a cancer or you found out you had something that was really bad, I think that it would be easier to fly to you to help you out than you to fly to me. 
And so I, I, I enjoy what I do. Uh, I do get overworked and sometimes I'll go hide in Wyoming where nobody can find me, but uh, that's okay. Everybody has to have a reset button. And so I reset over there. But I think that if there's somebody that all over the country that, you know, say, oh, I found this, this place. What do you think about it? I can research and ask them the questions. You don't have to ask them the questions. I can ask them the questions and say, I think they're going to be okay. And one of the top ones go. to do is make sure that they can find out. So if they can look at everything on your body, ask them if they can do a colon ultrasound. That's one of the hardest things to do. If they can do a colon okay. ultrasound, I think you'd be comfortable with them. Okay. Oh, and we didn't get, I don't want to like open it all back up, but one thing we did do, I did have you do my breasts and you um, noticed they were, you know, a very dense breast Correct. tissue. Um but I did do your breast your husband. <laughs> well, I know you're like, okay, your husband has to be present before I'm going to do this. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but, but I thought that was important because um, for me, you, you know, we discussed how, you know, it, it's harder for a mammogram to pick things up. Correct. On correct. somebody with dense. And I haven't had a mammogram um, as of this recording yet. Um, I kind of stick into my thermography and follow up with ultrasound as needed. But anyway, Anyway, I thought that was another interesting thing to know is that, you know, I do have that dense breast tissue, well, so um, that could be harder. It is harder and it's more intense. So if somebody says, oh, I just want the breast ultrasound, <laughs> we really try to encourage you, get a thermogram or if you've had a mammogram and we can find an area that of interest, we'll look at it. But to look at a, a breast just uh, simply without a thermogram, it's really intense and it's difficult. So you're going to start like at the lower part of the breast, which we call six o'clock. Northern part of the breast is 12 o'clock and you've got to paint up and down. If you have small breast tissue, then you're going to actually keep turning your wand back and forth because you have to identify every one of those little circles and see if those circles are just muscular textures that are tinctures that go back and forth. That's all you have to look at, but it's it, it does take a longer time. So that's why you'll find that breast ultrasound alone are not ever something that people want to do without having an adjunct like a thermogram or a mammogram to help them identify an area. Okay, that's good to know. Yes. To know. All right. Well, and we if a will... person wants to scan okay. you without your husband around or a partner <laughs> around or somebody, that don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Not appropriate. It's still about a respect. It's still about respecting people. It's still yes. somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's wife, somebody's mother. Yep. You were not having a breast scan without my husband present. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, Todd, yes, so much for being here. This was awesome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.